This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey kids, do you like professional wrestling? We like professional wrestling too. This is Shake Them Ropes. <laughs> I can remember the name of my show. Just Shake Them Ropes. I'm Jeff Hawkins, joined by uh, blue bald Chris Novembrino. <laughs> you know, he's a little crabby today. I'm just crabby. I'm crabby. crabby. You know, sometimes, yeah. it, sometimes <laughs> life hands you lemons, and uh, it hands you those lemons in 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 the nether regions. <laughs> uh, I am. Uh... Chris, who who is the who is your you're kind of a sports fan. I know you're a basketball fan, but who's your favorite, favorite, favorite team? The team from your youth, that first one that you started to really like when you were like a little child and stuff. Oh, I didn't like sports as a kid. Oh, you were um, in your room with a guitar. Like I like books and stuff. <laughs> um, I like Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, never mind. Uh, Super Nintendo. I, I mean, okay, I can sort of answer this question, Hawkins. Like, I, I was in Massachusetts in 2004 when the Red Sox won the World Series, oh. and I got to like participate in riots up at the University of Massachusetts. The statute right. of limitations have since passed on all those sorts of things. So I was like into the Red Sox, uh, Johnny Damon, and uh, uh, Kevin Millar, and okay. Pedro Martinez, yes, Manny man. Ramirez. It is going well. It is. <laughs> and I love football too, Hawkins. I love football. Oh, Chris. Uh, yeah. I, Aaron uh, Rodgers. Be, be, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're big on Aaron Rodgers. Love him. Yeah. Um, being raised before the advent of being able to have a video game somewhat. You know, my parents were, weren't big on video games and not having cable as a kid. I was raised on on sports, on, on broadcast television and my Cincinnati Bengals. First time in 31 years, they are going to the AFC championship game. I am flying out tomorrow as a my brother got me a free ticket because he is a Kansas City Chiefs fan and said, if they ever play in the playoffs, I'll, I'll, I'll copy the ticket. And it's, it's weird sports fandom. Sometimes I, I, uh, it, it's one of those things where it's like, we had won a playoff game in 31 years and I went to the game and I'm like, this is gravy. And then we won last week and now you're greedy and you have hope. <laughs> and you're like, if we don't win the whole thing, it's a disappointment when it isn't, but you get in that kind of, ah, kind of mode. And it's like, I have endured 25 years, at least of mockery over my sports team choices. <laughs> so I'd really like to win this one, but uh, no, it, it's going to be fun. It, it, it is. It, it's I, I thought, I thought maybe you were a Dallas Mavericks fan as a small child, but maybe no, not. no, uh, I didn't grow up here. I thought you might've, I apologize. No, you don't really know me. Not a big Richie Adubato fan. Are you? Well, you grow up. You're, you're, you're a master. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, kids, the first of the big four happens on Saturday, right down the road from Kansas city in St. Louis, Missouri. Your boy almost tried to do the double dip, but that's way, way too much. We'll have a preview of the Royal rumble, who we like, who we don't like. 
hits, misses, prop bets. No, we're not going to have prop bets. Uh, brought to you this week by HelloFresh. We will tell you about them a little later. Getting into the news. Disney making a deal with WWE to stream the WWE Network in Indonesia. I think this story got way too much play in the wrestling Twitterverse, thinking that, uh, oh, deal with Disney's imminent here too. No, because here, here's, the other, here's the other side of that coin. Not related. Peacock, the network, lost $1.7 billion in 2021, more than double the year prior. Kids, Disney is not going to buy WWE, in my opinion. But Peacock is a fairly white suburban type of American streaming network. Indonesia likes the WWE quite a bit. Numbers over in that part of the country, in that part of the world, are big in there and other locales. Disney is a universal language in most places. This is, this is an easy deal, in my opinion, for WWE because they have none of the responsibility of growing sponsorship or growing you know, uh, subscriber numbers over there. Disney takes care of the rest. It's just, hey, here's our catalog. Go stream it for the Indonesian. They get another income supply there. Chris, Man, do you disagree with me? No, I don't. It's just a reminder that like someone else could come in and run this company infinitely <laughs> better in the sense of you could have in Indonesian. No, I'm saying WWE, an Indonesian star that actually helps drive some basic sales <laughs> in Indonesia. Like, you know, like that they were trying to do with in India, only like with not Jinder Mahal. We'll like make actually, Veer. We'll make Veer Indonesia. Veer is now. coming. He's coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know this. I know it, like so. I, I want to hold fire. Let's just see how Veer plays out. You know what I'm saying? Because Veer's still coming, uh, right. and we'll see how that plays out. Is your mic on? My mic's on. Okay, I'm not getting a lot of that, for, but never mind. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, getting over to other news, Leo Rush has announced. We talked about him last week. Uh, his AEW contract expires on February 14th. He announced, and he is taking bookings. Now, this is interesting because AEW has now come out and said that they are not going to announce who they're not renewing. They're just going to let them kind of uh, expire, and then we'll have to take our, our guesses as people are getting booked elsewhere. But the two that we do know about right now are Leo Rush and Peter Avalon. He, they, he of the wingmen. Um, I have... I have nothing but love for Peter Avalon because that guy outkicked his coverage. He made six figures doing what he was doing for this time. It doesn't mean goodbye. It just means goodbye for now. Peter Avalon's one of those guys that any company can use. He is a guy that he, who is a good wrestler who you can, who you can beat up with the stars. And he's a character guy who can get some heat while you're at it. Uh, yeah. Uh, thoughts on either of those or even the AEW thing, not announcing who they're not renewing. I, I'm going to be honest, you got me all paranoid about the mic, so then I was checking levels, and I was letting you vamp. Now you're good. Okay. All right. Okay. 
So then, oh. then I spent. Oh. Then it was time oh, well you, spent. Oh, so you weren't listening to me? <laughs> no, that's. that's I, I said I gotta be. That's what I gotta be honest. Is, is the lead up to? I, oh, well, I was, you know. Okay. Anyways, uh, Leo Leo Rush is uh, his contract's running out on the fourteenth, and Peter Avalon's. Okay. Well, what did Leo Rush just announce that he's like signed with? Yes. The, yeah. Universal. That, I have that here. Leo Rush yeah. has signed with Universal Music today. He signed a deal with Thump Records and Virgin Music, which. Virgin Music was bought by Universal from, I believe, Island Records, he says, with an uptick. Um, and Thump, I assume, is just a, a little uh, hip-hop label that's part of that. Um, uh, yeah, it just he, seems he, more like a publicity thing that will be good for him. I don't know that this is the start of Leo Rush Spotify All-Star. Leo Rush has announced he's pulled his tracks from Spotify. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it, I don't know. I when he signed with AEW, and I know Tony Khan really liked him a lot. I, I it's one of those things where I'm now kind of sad. I mean, it's it's, it's again, it, his is a goodbye for now as well. He can always come back, but man, that tag match with him and Dante Martin was so fantastic, and he looked happy and good there. But that is a guy to me that can never work for a boss, and. It's not in a it, it's not in a he's being difficult in a negative way, but he's always going to be difficult to me. I, I think, you know, you know, you know, that employee, the employee who actually you respect because he's in there and saying, I'm only here for work. I'm not here to make friends with any of my coworkers. I'm not here to to have a lovely little birthday party in the break room. When you say we're a family, that's crap. OK, I'm here for eight hours. I'm not doing overtime just to be nice to my boss. I'm out of here. That's the kind of guy, and that's the kind of guy an independent contractor has to be. So good for Leo Rush. In my yeah, opinion. but that that's going to be a problem for him in this specific industry because unlike other kind of independent contractory industries, it's a small market. There, you have two bosses. There's either Vince or Tony Khan, um, and, and that is really sort of the nature of where the industry is at. He, you know, Leo can go, and what he'll probably be doing is going around and doing indie bookings. And I think he'll have a, a nice little run doing indie bookings. But I do think, I, I think that temperament in this particular industry does sort of limit you, given that if you want to work in AEW program, you're going to have to play ball with Tony Khan and the vice presidents, the the politics. We'll talk about that in the Lazy River. Well, remember, he had that issue with, with the big swole um release and how tony khan handled that and said that everything had been worked out but maybe this is how it was worked out yeah that's what i mean you know yeah. like like i think that's what i'm saying and so i mean th th there's another thing this is a guy who i, I yes I, I think you've got the right beat on him this is a guy who can't really work for a boss he has to be his own boss and unfortunately this is an industry where you're an independent contractor but you still have to have a boss also, just a little bit of a note on this music signing that, that came out uh, tonight, this evening. Universal Music, part of the NBC Universal family, part of the Peacock family, which WWE is a part of. Over on the uh, Dynamite show, which I do over at Fight Game Network, uh, my co-host there opined that possibly maybe Leo Rush with the right deal, even though you know he's never going to be a star, goes back over to uh, the evil empire there for Vince. For a while and just gets the money he can while he can i i could absolutely see him going over there and doing an nxt spot uh, i think at this point they're willing to throw 
pretty much anyone who's willing to show up on NXT on NXT to carry some of these greener guys along to halfway decent matches. Um, and they're not particularly concerned about coherence as they're doing it. So Leo Rush might actually be a perfect fit for some of this stuff. Like, you know, real talk, Leo Rush could work well with uh, Mr. Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. Uh, Mr. North American champion. He'd be good. Yeah. Was announced by WWE this uh, this week that NXT Stand and Deliver will be a matinee on the same day as the first night of WrestleMania. I cannot think of a worse idea. <laughs> um, Tell me this show doesn't matter without telling me this show doesn't yeah. matter. Okay, we're going to go watch wrestling for three hours, maybe two. And then we're going to go watch this show in a stadium. We have to travel because remember, Stan and Deliver is probably going to be at the probably at the Dallas Convention Center again. Yeah. The, and there's what, and, the and, and there's, Hutchinson? Yeah, yeah, right. The Kaylee yeah. Hutchinson, but that there's no train. Uh, thanks, Jerry Jones. Uh, from the K Bailey to where the Dallas, Dallas Megaplex is. is. Right. Yeah, right. So you have to drive out there. That's like 30, 45 minutes. We're talking about the traffic and stuff. It's going to be like an hour, hour yeah. 20. Um, and then it took, uh, I, man, it took us an hour to get in. Um, that stunk. Uh, and then you're we're going to watch a three and a half, four hour show. And then, <laughs> I, I mean, dude. Why, why do you need to do anything else in your life? You could just go and watch <laughs> wrestling for 10 hours. You could, just, you could just, in a day, you could uh, just do that. I've done that before. It's not, uh, it's, it's no, a it's not. Yeah, right. It stops being fun at a certain point. Yeah. Even if any of the discreet things that you would have watched, even if it's nice, really good wrestling. Yeah. Too, it's like, my good. You know, there's only so much you can take in a day. Uh, also of interest, Ring of Honor announcing Supercard of Honor tickets went on sale today, April 1st in Dallas, Texas, WrestleMania weekend. Interesting to me because I didn't think they were coming back. Yeah, they were coming back. Don't know who they got under contract these days, but I guess it's coming back. Um, and, and to coincide with Ring of Honor's 20th anniversary company announced the establishment of a Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. Okay. I, I, I assume you get some guys to, to make some speeches there. That, that'll be nice for them. But uh, Ring of Honor coming back WrestleMania weekend, Chris. I mean, look, if there's a show that I'm likely to be at, it's probably going to be like something like this or one of these random satellite shows. Uh, the WrestleCon show is shape, shaping up okay. I mean, yeah. the Briscoes have already signed to do that. They're they're fun. WrestleMania weekend. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. So the, those those are going to be the places I'm probably going to check out. I'll be I'll be at all the divey stuff this time around. News coming out of the WWE for this weekend is that uh, Rumble spots were offered to the Iconics, who both said no, thank you, and also that John Laurinaitis reached out to Jeff Hardy to come back for a Rumble spot this weekend even including in there a Hall of Fame induction for Jeff Hardy, not for the Hardy brothers. Jeff Hardy apparently has rejected this offer. Good for all three, in my opinion. I don't think the Iconics should come back at this point after being cut. They should go make their way. They're doing fine and impact, in my opinion. And that's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, well, maybe this time he'll love me. And you'll get your hopes up and you won't get re-signed. And you'll, it's, it's a payday, but it's not worth a payday. To me, the iconic show turned around and asked 
hey, you put us in the video game, we'll be there because the video game is where the money is. Hardy, they are dead scared that that the Hardy boys are going to be reuniting in AEW, and it shows. Yeah, that's the only thing that you could think of with Hardy because Hardy really, I mean, look at the way Hardy left. Normally, this they, this would be a target for vindictiveness 100% over, and instead it's like a sweetheart deal. Uh, but we got to be looking at that going, what are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Right? Like, like it, can, calling a lawyer and going, can we do something with this? Like, like, is this anything? Can yeah. I work with this? Yeah, that's just uh, ridiculous. Um, speaking of AEW contracts, it looks like uh, Frankie Kazarian was re-signed. Danhausen signed, as we saw on Wednesday. We'll probably get into that a little bit when we get into the Lazy River. And Jonathan Gresham from ring of honor negotiating with apparently negotiating with aew right now also unfortunately announced that he is out of bola this is bola this weekend happy bola to those of you who celebrate and practice uh <laughs> bola is a fun fun time i i'm a you know i I'm, I'm still not ready to go to that kind of thing yet even though i'm getting on a plane to go to a playoff game uh but that's outside and i'm not going to be you know in in a in a in a room like that for a number of hours. So that'll be, I'll be interesting to see what comes out of bowl. But yeah, unfortunately he's out because he had tested positive for COVID earlier this week. Um, Frankie Kazarian resigning is an interesting thing to me. Obviously veteran presence, obviously still very good. Uh, to me, I, I think transition to backstage is probably part of this. I, I would have to think so because I don't, I don't see, I don't see a lot of use for for Frankie Kazarian in this in this company right now, other than because the elite the elite hunter gimmick is dead. He just got killed by Lance Archer to to set up uh, to set up the world title match. Maybe well, he didn't get killed. He kind of had a competitive oh, right. match. A with, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, he, he he dragged Lance Archer along. I mean, but, but I'm just like for a multi-year, I mean, I could see like having runs here and there, but unless it's for a backstage type thing, I don't, the investment is odd to me. Just a little odd. I think there's still tread left on the tires. Uh, we've, yes. we've talked about this with, with Frankie Kazarian before. Um, I think, you know, you need a fresh coat of paint. I, I think things have always kind of been I, off the rails since the SCU breakup. That's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the SCU thing, no one benefited from the SCU. No one benefited breakup. from breaking up. And to me, the best move would be to put them together. Either he and Daniels or even he and Scorpio. Sky. No, not he and Scorpio, I think actually would be, uh, yeah. yeah. Not, that, not that I don't like the men of the year. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's a fun thing, but it's, it's a lost gimmick right now it's a gimmick that's yeah. lost in in what are we going to do with this and maybe if kazarian joined men of the year and made seu the team and ethan the solo guy out of that that wouldn't be such a bad thing either that wouldn't be that bad i i mean so you'd have kazarian go heel or would you turn page uh i'd have kazarian go heel and i'd have page continue in the group See, I like I'd almost want to go the other way and get them away from dan lambert because i okay. think dan lambert's the dead brand at this point do you? Because I think he's he's hit or miss for me. Don't get me wrong, but but when he hits, he hits well. No, I know when he hits, he hits well. But it's like the, it's been kind of this one note act for a while. Maybe just separate him and put him with Archer now that Dave's I mean it, not it's kind of, it's like the Hardy family office thing, right? Like yeah. there's too many people in that, and like yeah. like people need to just you need 
like much like the butcher and the blade probably need to be broken off from the Hardy family office. Uh, I actually think men of the year don't need to be part of the Dan Lambert faction anymore. Now that Lambert's got like 8 million mixed martial artists. Ratings up across the board for wrestling this week. WWE raw 1,766,000 viewers, the highest since October 4th in the demo, 18 to 49.46, the highest since November 22nd. Dynamite, 1.1 million viewers, 0.41 in the demo. NXT, though, not not, not that hot. 593,000 viewers, 0.14 in the demo, 184,000. That means old people are watching this show, which is just, or children, I don't know which. But uh, SmackDown last week, 2,255,000 viewers which is amazing that they're getting more than raw, but uh, in the 18 to 49.64, 836,000, the highest since September 10th and rampage last week, 594,000 viewers beating NXT 0.24, 318,000, the highest since October 29th. Anything stick out to you there? I really want this SmackDown number cross referenced against Fox's baseline because I have this nagging suspicion that Basically, yes, SmackDown does a better number than Raw, but that's just because the pulse of Fox is better than the pulse of USA. Yes, it's network. Yeah, it's network. Um, And I I think what is more real um, whenever I'm looking at these numbers is the year-over-year decline of Raw's performance on the USA Network. And while 1.67 is like the best from November or whatever, there there was a point in time a few years ago, and the pandemics hurt them for sure, um, but they were declining even prior to the pandemic where, where they were popping, you know, more reliably over 2 million. I'm, I'm trying to find it right now. I'm trying to find the, uh, the ratings for, for it on, on Fox, but I can't right now. Uh, yeah, but I mean, last man standing was, was the thing that it did. And, and there was concern that there wasn't, uh, I, I think it did like 3 million on a Friday, but that was because people loved Tim Allen and it was, you know, it was marketed towards an older audience. That's also true. Yeah. Um, so that's the other thing, like you're doing these numbers, but and this is where I guess the demo is useful. They are kind of like so-so numbers because you're not really appealing to the kids and wrestling's really about nailing it down with the kids yeah it, it really yeah. is it's, it's a youth oriented business yeah That's part of the issue um oh have we been gonna echo the entire time i hope not uh uh so yeah so now um Gonna, that's gonna be the end of the news segment. I'll uh, I'll give a shout out to our sponsor, Hello Fresh. With Hello Fresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on Hello Fresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's num it's America's number one meal kit. Now, Hello Fresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including the farm fresh produce that arrives within a week, so you get convenience without skimping on quality. You skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you the wait in long holiday lines and ensuring you don't waste money on excess food. HelloFresh is also 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality. And, you know, in these times with inflation and everything, you can save an average of over $65 per month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. That's more money to put towards other 2022 goals of yours. Like subbing up to the the 
the Patreon for this show. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I am I am not a great cook. I can cook. It, it, it's hit or miss sometimes for me. And also, you know, you know the thing that drives me nuts, and this is where HelloFresh helps me as as a chef, kind of thing is, I have spices here, but I never eat enough and fix enough things where I need, you know, like like a gallon jug of uh, hoisin sauce or anything like that. And what what HelloFresh does is is they give you the exact amount of spices that you need for for the dishes that you're making, so you don't have any leftover in the cabinet for like years and years on end, which is always my like I I have cumin in my in my cupboard that I never use. It's like why do I need a big thing of cumin when and HelloFresh solves that for me here, Chris. Do you have any uh, anything from HelloFresh that you like? Uh, well, you know. What I like about HelloFresh is similar to you. I, I like the spices. Yeah. <laughs> Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use code VOW16. That's VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Once again, that's HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Get 16 free meals and three free gifts. It's America's number one meal kit. Hello Fresh. We thank them for their sponsorship. They will be sponsoring us for most of the year. So that'll be uh that's a cool thing for No, for there'll us. be many many cool recipes to try out oh, this yes. year. I cannot wait to be honest with you. And now we go to kind of we're, we're on the beach of the Lazy River I think this week because we have a Oh, is first, this like a Lost reference? Are we are we talking about Lost? <laughs> it's the first of the big 5 pay-per-views unless you count day one as one that's the science the royal rumble kids the 2022 royal rumble and chris i uh i'm gonna be honest with you don't care i don't understand why they can't make this royal rumble interesting and it's been years since it really has but the build for me and what i, I, I can Raw. answer this i can answer this okay the, cha- the champions aren't interesting Okay, that's part of it, but for me, it's like, I mean, and this might be me being old and, and having watched every Royal Rumble since 87. To me, the, the the main eventing of WrestleMania takes away a lot of the potential for some random guy could get a great late number and make a run in it and, and do that story, so to speak. But here, here's the other thing, is that you could make this Rumble interesting. You just have to build up everybody that's in the rumble and the thing here is like it's every man for himself they 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 hit that on the head over and over and over again and how do they show it they show everybody acting like a jerk to their friends instead of like okay wwe is in bed with bunham murray for ms and mrs and total bellas and total divas they know reality television one of the most famous reality TV shows of the last 20 years or so involves a competition where it was every man for himself. And what happened was someone entered the competition and realized how to game it using game theory and alliances and ended up winning the competition. That show is called Survivor. It's been a big hit for decades here in the States. Why not start the drama of watching people build alliances in 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 the rumble and then watch them fall apart as we get there instead what we get is tag team matches with like 
with the Mysterio family. Ray Mysterio has been in like 20 rumbles. How the hell does he not know how it works? Or why does he feel the need that he has to show us that, oh, I know how to throw a man over the top rope. Watch this, Dominic. <laughs> Every tag team acts like jerks to each other. But this is part of the bigger problem with not being able to build baby faces as well, is that Every single friendship in the WWE at all times is transactive in nature. It's it's because Vince doesn't believe in friendship. You never get this was brought up to me earlier. It, it it you never get great reunions. You never get you know reconciliation. You never get the high drama that comes with, with, with friendship and things like that in there. Instead, you just get guys who turn on guys one way. Oh, because I saw the brass ring and I wanted to grab that opportunity. Blah, 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 blah. It's the same thing year after year after year. Why can't we change up the build somehow, Chris? I mean, that's like it. That Why can't we have a build? Like a real yeah. build. In this year really felt like the the build was what you were describing and then also i saw a video package where they're explaining the rules and yes they do this every year the, the numbers it, don't the, lie the numbers don't lie do. video yeah, yeah. and it, it i i think that you're right like, like why is this not interesting well the champions aren't interesting and the path of being a challenger isn't interesting there are not intriguing challengers who have unfinished business with these champions. I, the, the answer, in short, is there is no long-term booking in this company. And the Royal Rumble, without long-term booking, is merely a battle royale. Yes. No, you're, you're, you're exactly correct on, on, that, on that front. And, and the thing to me is the early rumbles where you're just doing the Royal rumble control center and Vince growling out the names like native American Tatanka, you know, things like that. And, 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 and Gene saying, you know, you know, who else has entered Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov, the Bolsheviks. We're going to hear from them now as they are in the Royal rumble and they do their dumb little green screen promo and with slick in the back. And, you know, it, it, that was at least a build of some kinds and everybody wanted to win the rumble, blah, blah, blah. And instead what we get is these dopey things where, Oh, eight man tag then breaks down. And then at the end, people start throwing each other other ropes because. And then commentary too... has to just hammer over yes. our head that if that was the Royal rumble, rumble. on Sunday night, it would be an elimination. <laughs> because I didn't, I didn't because... even, even, I didn't even hear it this year, and I already know that it was said multiple times <laughs> in that broadcast. It's it's like it's like number one, we have we have the memory of fruit flies, apparently, for those of us who have watched wrestling for years. But even if you're new, all you have to do is say if you throw a guy over the top rope, he's eliminated. And instead they have to show us week after week after week. And then the, yes, Michael Cole, if that happened in the Royal Rumble, he'd be eliminated by his own tag team partner. Booga booga booga. And you're just like <laughs> no wonder people have turned off wrestling in droves. They're treated like morons. It, it's, it's and, and so like that's my problem is that like the the Royal Rumble and we we got feedback last week that I was wrong on Kofi Kingston and that's almost more of a testimony to this like I had reverse engineered yes, Kofi me... finally winning <laughs> no I in my head to make Kofi mania better 
I had retconned it where Kofi, <laughs> after years of doing daring, death-defying survivals from being eliminated, finally put it all together, a synthesis of a decade of experience in the Royal Rumble, to finally win the Royal Rumble. It's a beautiful moment that never happened. Can, can um, we talk about how Kofi strains the bonds of rules in a match by hopping on one foot and walking on pancakes? <laughs> we, why do we have referees out there that's the thing it's like referee referees never stop people from going back into the ring and throwing another guy out but they're just staring at kofi walking on a pancake it won't make a judgment call on it yeah i, I it's it baffles i mean the idea that a pancake doesn't count at the as the floor is it uh, really, yeah yeah uh, yeah I, I mean i don't know Look, uh, the point being it, that was wrong, but that only speaks further to like when they did Kofi Mania, they like insert him in some other thing along the way here. This company has long given up on actually doing the road to WrestleMania and uh, Blood Money show in Saudi Arabia here like only further derails that because they need to do another beat to this story. So they're not even going to really start the WrestleMania bill in earnest until they get to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of sign pointing on Monday. That, yeah. That's what's going to happen. But uh, we have four we have four matches other than the Rumble itself. Rumbles, I apologize. But uh, let's do those first. Starting with the mixed tag match. Edge and Beth Phoenix taking on Miz and Maurice, Chris. I'm going to say Miz and Maurice win this. I think so, too, because Edge and Beth Phoenix had the upper hand at the end of Raw. The 50-50 booking here states that this feud will probably continue in some form and there will probably be something at WrestleMania for them. That's just a feeling I get. I have been told nothing. A singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Becky Lynch, the challenger, taking on Dewdrop. I will say that I did kind of enjoy the uh, the, 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 uh, the go-home Split screen promo, and yeah, Dewdrop walked in, but it was very Irish and very Scottish for a while there. Um, and I'm actually looking forward to this match, to be honest with you. But uh, I this might pick... be the only good match on the show. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I don't know about that, but, well, uh, but I, this I might be one of the only good matches on the show. Uh, but th- I think this will be a fun match. But there's no way Becky Lynch is losing this title. For no, me. not a chance. Not a chance. In what I think might be the sneakiest good match of the night. Roman Reigns, the champion, taking on Seth Rollins for the WWE Universal Championship. A very interesting go-home promo tonight from one Seth Rollins. Yes, you have the <laughs> all the time, but uh, bringing up some things from Roman's past, such as the wellness violation or kind of a towing that line i, I kind of dug that roman deep in contemplation during the thing about uh yeah about trying to forgive seth and stuff like that i could see in this this going on first and seth rollins winning the title i don't know i don't know if it would be with help from the rest of the samoan dynasty so to speak where they where they find that roman now has a moment of weakness and they finally expel him but uh I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we do have a title change because you can, you always are going to need something for the uh, elimination chamber. Or I'm sorry, the WrestleMania chamber in Saudi Arabia. And I think it might be this title. And I think Seth Rollins goes in as the champ. Um, 
I that seems too bold. I I think Roman retains. I, I I don't know that he beats Rollins cleanly. You know what I mean? Like I don't, not in a conclusive way. Though. I think the Rollins team probably continues. You know what? I, I actually do think you're right because there there are two scenarios here. Roman loses the title early and enters the Rumble and wins, or he wins. And now we go into the singles match for the WWE title. Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman taking on Bobby Lashley with MVP. Is there a title change here, Chris? Mm. And then I guess we would put... I mean, the, we, the move would be to have Lesnar lose the title and then win the Rumble. Or, win the, or, or lose the title and go to... Yeah. Or, or the he, he, the WrestleMania chamber is in play as well. I think. I, I yeah. I, uh, but I, I still think that Brock Lesnar is not long for this title for some reason, and ends up being against Roman. I don't see a title for title combination type of match. I just don't see that happening. No, it does seem like. Seems like Lashley's the better fit, just because. I, I've never bought into Lesnar as the champion right now. You're right. Like, so maybe Lashley does win. I think you're talking me into that. And now for the men's and women's rumbles. Uh, starting with, uh, let's start with the women. Why not? Announced already. Rhea Ripley, Nikki A.S.H., Dana Brooke, Carmella, Queen Zelina, Tamina, Shotzi, Natalia, Aaliyah, Naomi, Shayna Baszler, Charlotte Flair, the Bellas, Lita, Michelle McCool, Kelly Kelly, Summer Rae, Mickey James, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan. The returning Sasha Banks tonight on SmackDown, a little ahead of schedule. That's an interesting wrinkle in it. And Sonia Deville also announcing that she would be in the Rumble tonight, presumably because the feud with Naomi must continue. That leaves a few people available um, to uh Enter. I assume you're going to get a couple of NXT people. Dakota Kai is always probably going to be in there to get thrown out. She's been in every other one of these. Raquel Gonzalez, maybe Toxic Attraction, maybe Mako Satamura, maybe Kaylee Ray, maybe a few other surprises. Perhaps Ronda Rousey. It's been reported that she might be in the Rumble. Chris, what you got here? It's going to be a big name. Like they're not trying to make anybody here. So I'm. Uh, I mean, it's got to be Michelle McCool. <laughs> I'm probably gonna, I, I'd go with Sasha Banks or some like bringing Sasha. I, it might be a red herring, but it, I, it's got to be one of the bigger names. I, I think they're going to go really chalk with this WrestleMania program. The rumored matches that I think, well, let's put it this way. Uh, I think they're going to make a mistake here. Um, in, in some ways, because I think the matches are going to end up being in WrestleMania. It's going to be Bianca and Becky. And I think they're going to do Ronda and Charlotte, which I just think is going to blow up in their face because people want, people want Ronda and Becky one-on-one -on -one. people don't want to boo Becky. People haven't been clamoring for Becky to get her come up as a heel because she's been fighting. But, other but the heels. problem has always been that Ronda doesn't like getting booed. And Ronda's a terrible baby face. We get that. And the only person they might get cheered against is Charlotte. But nobody wants to see that match because Charlotte ends up being Charlotte ends up being the spice that overpowers the dish too many times. 
And what does that leave Bianca? Because Bianca is is just going to get eaten alive again by Becky Lynch in the promos. I think they need to switch dance partners, to be honest with you. The other problem is how do you get to Ronda being the big deal without hurting Bianca Belair? And I think this is how you do it. I think Bianca has to win the Rumble. I think Bianca has to eliminate Charlotte Flair, who is in the Rumble, and then declares for Becky, and then Charlotte pulls the shtick where, oh, you know what? I guess I get the night off because nobody's brave enough to challenge me, and I don't have a challenger, and then don't give a damn about my reputation comes on. Here comes Ronda. Probably gets a pop out of it. And then we have to do the build. And then that's when it's going to get dangerous for this company. But I, I you know... I think either Bianca or Ronda win. I'm going to go with Bianca winning it because I think Ronda's going to be the surprise afterwards, much like she was in Philadelphia. Sounds reasonable to me. Bianca okay. seems like. I mean, but like you could also see Sasha eliminate Bianca. I, but yeah, like Bianca, Sasha, one of those. Yeah. I think Sasha is going to be involved with a match against the Bellas at WrestleMania. I think she might have a friend. <laughs> Let's put it that way. That's that's my that's my educated guess on that one. I, I think uh I think because of the program last year where the Bellas ended up slapping Bailey, I think if Bailey mm. can go and if Bailey has rehabbed her leg enough, who knows? I think uh I think we get the return of Asuka Saturday. I think that'll be nice. Uh I think we have a couple of other surprises, but they won't be surprises that make you go, Oh my god, they'll be surprises like go, Oh yeah, her type of thing. So we'll go with that. A little bit harder to uh, to get a read on the men because these are the men who are uh, who are announced, and I'm not sure any of them are in contention except for one, who I think I'm going to pick. But it's Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford, Ray Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, Austin Theory, Johnny Knoxville, Sheamus, Damian Priest, AJ Styles, Big E, Happy Corbin, Madcap Mop, Sami Zayn. Big E, by the way, now part of SmackDown. <laughs> Kofi Kingston, Kevin Owens, Omos, Randy Orton, Riddle, Chad Gable, Otis, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, Rick Boogs, and Ricochet. Surprises, spoiled by Fightful. Get earmuffs if you don't want to hear them, but uh, Kurt Angle is in town as well as Shane McMahon, so I will put them on the board as well. Chris, who wins the Men's Royal Rumble? I am going to go with Big E. Okay. I like that. Uh, I think it's depend. I think for me, it's dependent on who wins the women's rumble in many ways. Cause one it's one brand, one rumble. Usually mm. it's Bianca on raw. I agree with you. I think big E wins that. And I think that makes a, well, no, I don't do I, because I think it's Brock and Roman. So which title is Brock and Roman going to go for then? Cause that, that'd be kind of weird. Or maybe, maybe big E challenges, Bobby Lashley over on Raw. That could have okay. I've I've now made. Six. I mean, transportation is like you know, like it's like the brand splits don't really matter. Oh, and also the winner of the Royal Rumble gets to choose who they want to face. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah. Yes. So like they brand, brand splits absolutely don't matter. But they usually, but they usually save one for each show type of thing. That's what I will say. For if Ronda Rousey wins the Rumble, the women's Rumble, or is going to win the women's Rumble, it makes it much easier in some ways because it's going to be whoever the Raw champion is. Damn if I don't think it's going to be Randy Orton because star power is lacking. 
Randy's been in the middle of this comedy thing and he's been a good soldier about it, but now it's time to make him main event Randy Orton. And I could see them doing this with Orton. I could also see them doing it with Omos, to be honest with you. I could see them giving Omos this rumble win. I still think Omos is probably going to be the cane of this year. And I think he's going to eliminate, uh, he'll probably eliminate like the War Raiders or something if they're in the rumble. Yeah, or he'll eliminate Gable and Otis. He'll eliminate a tag team. No, to make he's going like to eliminate. Pop. He's going to eliminate like seven or eight people. Or Nakamura and Boogs. That's a yeah, good he's, one he's, to eliminate. He's not going to get all the way up to like thirteen yeah. or whatever. But he's going to yeah. eliminate seven or eight people he's this time be that around. Guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I think I'm going to take Randy Orton here if Ronda Rousey wins, and if Bianca wins, I think Biggie is a good strong choice. Would you like to take a second choice given those scenarios? Yeah, I know you, you went Orton. I guess I'll like throw out. Maybe AJ Styles. That's but, not a bad one either. Yeah. AJ Styles has been a good trooper, and, uh, and and he absolutely can do main event work. I it's, agree. It, that's not the issue. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash VOW net. Arenaclub.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. 
we've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. That is our Royal Rumble preview on a Saturday, kids. So you'll probably be waking up to shake them ropes and listening right now, hopefully. But uh, you got to remember, it's in it's it's this evening. It's not on Sunday. If you're turning on Sunday, you've missed the Rumble. <laughs> or you could just go and watch it later. And yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, real. like if you listen to this and then go and watch the Rumble, did you really miss anything? That's very true. Our ours, ours was far more uh, enjoyable and uh, more surprises than anything. Yeah, but <laughs> right now we're going to open up the lazy river of wrestling criticism. Any let show, it flow anywhere. Chris, I was selfish during the rumble preview and I went first last week. So you are going to get to choose where we go first. Mm. sir. Mm, okay. Um, man, where to begin? All right. I, I guess it, it's just top of mind. And, and that's how I like to roll Adam page. Okay. I want to start this Adam Page murder hawk monster promo here this week. There was a key spot <laughs> in this promo. I think you already know yes. where I'm going. A Texas death match. <laughs> like, this is not what a champion needs to be doing. Adam Page looked like a total goofus there, and there was no recovery at the back end of, oh, Texas Deathmatch. Like, once he did that, yeah, he'll beat Lance Archer or whatever, but when's this guy going to be cool? Uh, This guy has not been cool for most of this title run. He he overcomes the odds or whatever. John Cena did that, but, like, we're trying to do better than Cena, right? Like, this guy needs to be cool. Chris, name an act in AEW that you take seriously. Because here's my issue, and this is across the board. Even Moxley's getting a little bit too ha-ha wacky. Eddie Kingston still brings it for me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe Punk, but Punk, you know, has his moments. Maybe da- you know Serena Deeb brings Serena it. Serena Deeb, yeah, Serena Deeb's great. But yes. but you're 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 saying on the male side of the roster right now, um, which is what huh. generally brings in the ratings. Right, no, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, presentation and all that, but yeah, yeah. No, um, I'm man, I'm just trying to get there. Uh, boy, who's like even Danielson sort of nerfed and punk, punk. It's amazing. This we'll get to that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, want to leave dead air here. So no, no, no. But that's a, that, that that question is a compelling argument. Um, cause I, I don't have a good answer for it. And, and you gave me a lot of time and this is where and this, uh, not to, not to co-opt your point. Cause we can go back to Adam page. Yeah, trust yeah. me. This is where my issue with the lights out match comes in. 
because it's a lights out match. It was it was built as this serious thing with Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy, and Orange Cassidy is crushing the glasses in symbolism and is coming out fighting mad and the two of them are fighting mad and they're fighting on the outside and it's like yeah go get it and he reaches under the ring and there's dan dan housen and we're doing the dogs fighting the cartoon dogs and then bugs bunny comes in and goes i think i lost my way to albuquerque and goes out and look i like unrepentant stupidity i like unrepentant stupidity a lot I don't like uh, unrepentant stupidity in anywhere between the upper mid card or the mid or, or the, or the main event, unless it's for like a one-time shot at the title or something like that. Like you give me Shinsuke Nakamura and Toru Yano, I'm watching it. Give me Omega and Yano, I'm watching it. But <laughs> this, I mean, we have orange Cassidy already. Dan Housen is a lovely personality. He's very funny. I I just I saw this and when when the, it got the crowd reaction that they wanted, but Adam Cole is in there with his jaw dropped. Orange Cassidy is looking at him like, "Who is this guy?" Even though he knows, you know the 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 commentary is like, "It's Danhausen." And look, I get wrestling Twitter is is all trashing people who are like they should have explained who Danhausen was. Well, I kind of agree with them because. You're trying to grow your audience a bit here. And it's it was just one of those things where I just went, not the time. Just no, not it, the time. It was just a really weird way to introduce him, unless the next move here is that Adam Cole's going to have a feud with Danhausen. Um, the only way that made any sense to me is if that was literally the beginning of the Adam Cole-Danhausen feud. And I'm not calling for that. I'm just saying that's the only way I was able to make any sense out of having that spot in the match at that time. Yeah, I'm with you, and and I agree with you on the Cole thing, just to bring it back to that. I, I just really, that was just a note that hit me wrong all the yes. way. Yeah, no, it, it, I had a very, very strong reaction to it. I, you know, th- this week I, I did it a little bit different where I was like watching and I was actually like had your DMs open. I was just like DMing my thoughts as I was watching it. And like he said that, I was just like, oh, come on, dude. Like, when are we going to get it right with this guy? Um, I, I think, honestly, what we should be seeing with Adam Page against the Murderhawk monster is that he's hunting Lance Archer. That Lance Archer spends this entire title chase being chased by Adam Page. That'd like, be kind of cool. Yeah. I, like, I, I want, like, an inversion of expectations from this yes. point. Yeah. 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 I, I, want, I want a little bit more heft in, in the Adam Page character. Everybody knows he's a good wrestler. And, and everyone knows he's great. ultimately going to beat Lance Archer. Yes. So, like, th- it, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, having him chase Lance Archer here is not going to be at Archer's expense. It's going to be to build Paige. Which and that, is would what- be, that would help Archer, too, because Archer comes out, does the whole bullying gimmick, you know, throwing around ring boys occasionally. He used to spit water before COVID thing, you know. Yeah. Comes in, storms, wrecks stuff and leaves type of thing. I, I, I like that idea. I like the idea of I'm not the one being hunted type of thing. I think that'd be kind of cool out of, out of page. I like that idea a lot. Yeah. I, I just, I need something different out of this guy really, really badly. That That's all I've got on page. I it's, it's, it's a shame. I'm so ice cold on him. Cause I want to like him. Uh, something that did not hit a right note with me uh, on the same, on the same dynamite show. And it wasn't that this was a bad segment because I liked what it did at the end. I liked the beat down, but the MJF punk 
promo back and forth, which is a go home for the Chicago show. In my hobby of improv, when I was teaching it, there was always this, when young improvisers would get nervous, they'd start bringing in other things other than the connection between you and the other person on stage. They'd bring ancillary characters. They'd talk about things that were supposedly in the environment. You know, they, they, they basically, they were scared to make the connection. Now, I'm not saying that's what happened here. But this MJF, the public trial of CM Punk in front of the Cleveland audience thing did not work for me. I wanted this to be him spitting fire at Punk as opposed to him playing to the audience to try to turn on Punk. I don't think this worked. This didn't work for me. And, you know, I, I get I think the notion is that MJF is calling Punk a fraud. I get that. But this is the last set of promos between the two before they have their match. And I really wanted Kingston punk rather than what this was. Now the beatdown afterwards, I thought that was a lot of fun other than the fact that I thought it was time to turn Wardlow during that. Even, even if Wardlow had just said, no, I'm not power by and just walking away. I think he would have been over like hell after that. I don't know how you find a hotter crowd to turn Wardlow in than Cleveland, his hometown. But the MJF Punk thing left me wanting a little, Chris. Yeah, it left me more than wanting. Uh, you're actually more charitable to this segment than I am. I had a, oh, lot, okay. of I had a lot of problems with this segment. Um, so I think with Wardlow, uh, you're starting to get into where I was going. I, I thought that the mismanagement of Wardlow was pretty severe. I didn't think he got enough time in his enhancement match prior to this segment to really bask in the crowd glory and establish the warmth because this is really supposed to be a scene in three acts, right? We have Wardlow come out and we want, we, in this first scene, Wardlow squashes the two guys. Frankly, like that was mismanaged. The two guys should have jumped Wardlow. They should have actually done something dastardly this time to try to get the upper hand on Wardlow and try to cheat, even though it's a handicap match. Like, we really need to start babying Wardlow. Just having Wardlow obliterate two smaller dudes is not actually really a baby face gesture other than like by the Ryback school of uh, booking. Um, like, like in this case, in Cleveland, Wardlow needed to come out. He needed to really embrace his Wardlow people more because you actually had like people in the crowd like dressed up and like really embracing Wardlow and everything like and he needed to play into that the enhancement guys needed to be more clearly heel rather than like literally just being crash pads being tossed around yeah they need they needed to jump him they needed to do they needed to do several things and Wardlow didn't need to overcome a lot of adversity but he needed to overcome De- like brief dastardly adversity like they trip him they kick him in the nuts something like that but then Wardlow real quickly punishes pl- them. it just shows that the opponents are smart and they had a plan going in right right exactly that they have some sort of plan and which would make some sense to this far along having seen Wardlow do these sorts of matches with people like th- these guys had a plan um, and it's enough to give Wardlow justification to really obliterate them so the crowd can really get into Wardlow obliterating them on the back end. Basically, what I'm saying is in this first act, a lot of things were done where we didn't maximize the crowd's attachment to Wardlow. And that's really important when we get to the third act. But to go into the second act here between Punk and MJF, I, I do not think... 
I like I found myself scratching my head as to what the end of the story is, and I think it's MJF wins this match in a dastardly way. But I don't. I mean, I think really the point here, like for MJF's promo to have any sort of like heft or weight to it. The stakes are that he needs to reveal Punk to be this bad person, and I can't possibly imagine how this match can play out to where the crowd is left with an impression that whatever CM Punk does to MJF, CM Punk's the bad person. Everyone hates MJF. Um, and that, that actually is what made Act 3 even more perplexing. Um, so in Act 3, you have MJF jump Punk with the entire pinnacle, um, up to and including Wardlow here. And so, like, now, whatever Punk does, even if he cheats on MJF, like, Jeff, if he low-blowed MJF five times in a row and then hit the GTS ten times in a row and then, like, took a chair and did a concerto and then picked him up and did another GTS and, like, then called his mother and was, like, screaming at Like, at what point would it take for the crowd to go heel on him? It would probably be because they're getting bored. Um, like, in like Chicago? The, yeah, <laughs> you're right. CM Actually, Punk? you know, you're right. You're right. Nothing possibly can turn him heel in Chicago, Jeff. Yes. Nothing. Yes. Nothing. In any other city, it would be a massive lift. But in Chicago, it'll never happen. So, like, the stakes and the framing in Act 2 do not make sense to where this match needs to go. So that's another problem. Then we get to Act 3. Because Wardlow had not been sufficiently overheated during seg one we did not have the crowd initially bite on reluctant wardlow so right. you needed the commentary booth to furiously be like wardlow looks pretty reluctant oh geez louise and the next hour was like yeah tony he looks really reluctant oh yeah really reluctant uh because it wasn't connecting with the audience um then finally he gets him into the powerbomb position and there's not enough lingering in that spot there's not enough confrontation there's no sort of additional tension between mjf you're right warlow didn't need to fully turn he could have just walked away to the furious approval of the crowd not fully completing a turn not fully completing a departure from pinnacle but actually milking that cleveland loves their wardlow um and actually doing something to suggest that he's not willing to do this not in front of his people or something like that maybe you know like maybe it's like literally like his love of cleveland is why he won't do this to punk um and so like i just thought this was a miss in all three acts yeah uh i just yeah what war, the wardlow thing just it baffled now that okay now's the time to okay never mind <laughs> uh it, it's it's your turn on the river yeah i i gotta talk about this um so you, you know the other show i do news and politics um and so i i study journalism uh, I'm, I'm i'm a bit of a journalism guy Mark Henry's a hack. Um, you know, <laughs> I, it, it, we, we, need to, we need to just cut to the chase here. Mark Henry's a hack journalist. Um, you watch this guy every week, every Friday night. This, this doofus gets the, the primo slot leading into the main <laughs> event. We want to know the stories. This guy can't ask a follow-up question? Kidding me? That's all I got. <laughs> uh, so he's Jim Acosta. Okay. Uh- <laughs> Is any number of people there? Any yeah, number yeah, of reporters yeah, 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 are yeah, yeah. at their jobs. Yeah, I, well, I mean, when you think investigative journalism, do you think, you think Mark, Mark Henry? Henry? Yeah, you do. do. You? Okay. you used to. You used to. I, I gotta say, this rampage oh, spot is complete. On, no, no, rampage has completely destroyed this guy's career. He used to be a reputable journalist. What stories has Mark Henry broken? Um, ever his retirement. <laughs> 
that doesn't count. He's an active player in that. Well, no. I mean, back in 2013, he had the first scoop. <laughs> he told John Cena. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what follow-up question do you think that he should be asking to say <laughs> – 2.0 or something like that. Well, no, I mean, like, you know, tonight here we could have a really thoughtful explanation or an exploration of Christian and Matt Hardy's feud in the mid-aughts. Uh, you know, there's a lot of history that you could have called back to. Uh, if Mark Henry would do any of his homework with his interview subjects beforehand, he'd be ready with interview subjects. Luchasaurus, uh, you're from the Neolithic or Paleolithic era, probably. Um, have you ever met a pterodactyl? Great question. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, well, I got a lot of my raw complaining done during the during the yeah uh, yeah no I, I'm good on raw preview. Uh, but for a palate cleanser, I'm going to go over to the neighborhood of NXT UK. I'm going to suggest that everybody watch this week's main event, which is oh, a, NXT which UK, a, which was an empty arena match between Ilya Dragunov and Jordan Devlin. Oh my goodness, dude! This thing on 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 a show that cared about small flying guys, and actually cared about foreign talent, and just actually cared. I I I, I love the kids over at NXT UK. I still think they put on fairly compelling shows, but with the amount of product out there, it's one of those ones that's dropped to doesn't matter watch it when you can but uh this week it was one of those it's a good match go out of your way to watch it yeah that's actually that's legitimately one i might circle back to tomorrow night um my next pick here is msk uh over uh on nxt here we we gotta go there this dusty classic stinks um and wesley is one of the most annoying people uh that i have seen in professional wrestling and never more natural heel like it it's it's so amazing to me that they they are booking this guy as a baby face he is so obviously grating Try hard in a way. Yes. Me. No, he, he he just has classic unlikability. And if he was doing that, the same act, only as a heel, I would say it's like wonderful. Like, because he's just so grating. The trying hard, like, and yes, uh, Nash Carter, not much better. But like Wesley really carries the gratingness of MSK. He's really trying to sell it. And that's part of the problem. Yeah. Is, is he's really, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. It's one of those things. You and I, I think, agree here. In terms of being hateable in a wrestling sense and has now gone through the looking glass to being ultimately likable, we talk about Chase University and Andre Chase, right? Bro, like, like I love Andre Chase. Uh, like, And, and I, I want to make sure I'm really like clear Bodie. on this. I like Bodie, too. I think yeah, no, yeah, no, he, he's great, but, like, Chase... Really, in in a show and in a company that is really starved for like anything remotely interesting in the babyface department, Andre Chase actually works as a mid card babyface, um, yes. especially with this teachable moment spot. Um, it gives him the opportunity inside of a match to school in quotes, a heel briefly. And he can even lose the match later, but gives the crowd a real chance to enjoy watching a heel get embarrassed. And like wins and losses don't necessarily matter for Andre Chase, but like he's good promo. Um, He's he, as you said to me, um, he is very good at 
wrestling quote unquote bad and like making like the wet noodle punch and stuff. And you know that he could actually do like a real punch, but he's doing a deliberative like wet noodle schlocky sort of thing. Um, you know, even the Russian leg sweep, it could be stiff. He's choosing to do like the sort of like loosey goosey Russian leg sweep thing. Um, I, I, I can't say enough good things about Andre Chase. Um, and the characters really come together. He's had I, a character arc. He's the only one of yeah. these guys really who has had a, a, a viable character arc that has made sense from going from a heel to being obnoxious to being in a haunted house where he had brought his students to all these things. I, I just, I, to me, that's a guy that I keep around for a long, long time. And that's also a guy that the WWE kind of looks at and goes, ah, what are you going to do with him? Yeah, they don't get it. Whereas, like, yeah, someone like me, Andre Chase would always have a mid-card program yes. going. Yeah, always. Like, He's, there would always be something for that guy to be doing in the middle of the card. He'd be my occasional Toruyanu gets a yes. random title shot sort yeah. of storyline because... It's a fluke win over over somebody who... That know. teachable moment spot against a heel champion would pop a crowd so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, you have you have a Kenny Omega gets suplexed by Andre Chase or like out Andre Chase momentarily out wrestles Kenny Omega does the teachable moment spot pops the crowd and like does the job later on. And if you ever wanted to turn him serious and you don't really, but, but if you ever wanted to, he is the type of wrestler and the type of actor in wrestling where if you gave him a build to like the North American title, and I know they've done this with Leon Ruff already, but that's a guy that people get behind to want to see, to win that title, to quote unquote, reward him. I, I yeah, I, I just, it, it's, it's been fascinating to me to watch him on, on, on NXT and how, it, you know, even, even the most jaded, ironic wrestling fans are cheering for him in that building. And it's, it's, it's kind of cool. It's your turn. Yeah. It, it's, it's just a, it's an, a gimmick punching above its weight. Um, the NXT champion, uh, Braun Breaker, confronts Legato Del Fantasma. Um, I actually liked Santos Escobar's promo here, but, like, the problem with this entire program, because it could potentially be quite good, uh, it, it, it occurred to me as I was listening to Escobar, I'm like, that's right, he's El Hijo Del Fantasma. That mm-hmm. means son. I don't speak Spanish very well. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it occurred to me that, like, oh, he's the son of a professional wrestler, so is Broad Breaker. Okay, these guys are, like, legacy. Like, the story actually is quite good, but because we can't mention any names um, and like, for whatever reason and because Braun Breaker has to be Braun Breaker, um, we, we can't, like, actually really sink our teeth into the storyline. It's unfortunate. What was the name of the singer? <laughs> the, the singer? On NXT. Oh, Ollie J. In case of a water landing, she could be used as a flotation device. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, uh, you know. It, oh, it, my goodness. She <laughs> makes a compelling argument that auto-tune is a very powerful yes, tool. Yes, I just, I mean, I get, you know, they're trying to, they're trying. They're trying, which is what you want at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm I'm off of NXT. I'm gonna I, go. I also thought it was weird to have her introduced by Carmelo Hayes yes. and, and Trick Williams. Like, like, I still don't know if they're baby faces or heels these days. I don't know that they know. Uh, same. Yeah. I mean, I think they have a good gift for Gab, but I think it's just, hey, we wanted 
We wanted our coolest. Act. I mean, they could have had Wesley introduce her. Uh, <laughs> man, yeah, like that promo at the beginning, <laughs> like like that. Oh man, Jeff! Like we should start shake them ropes like that every week. Like we're standing around our microphones, I'm like Jeff, you want to go out? You want to get it on the show today? Yeah, Chris. Yeah, I'm like, let's go get it, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna save my last point for 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 the one after this, but uh, I did want to make one quick note on Rampage, and here's a problem that they're having with building younger talent right now. The Jurassic Express versus Hardy Family Office, primarily the private party part of Hardy Family Office. The problem with this feud is it's a Christian versus Matt Hardy feud. It is not a feud between Jurassic Express and private party, both of whom have been on this roster now for almost three years, I believe. I don't think we're at the three-year mark yet. And have shown... Like Jungle Boy has shown some development in the character type thing. Private Party, I get that they've been hurt because of doing, you know, because of the way that they work. The high risk stuff. Don't get me wrong. Where's the growth there? And I'm a little frustrated by it, to be honest. The, the, to me, the problem with Jurassic Express continues to be Luchasaurus. Like this that really too. should be a tag team of Christian and jungle boy that's obviously the more interesting story the veteran the mentor and the young up-and-coming guy learning how to work together are they going to get along is christian like actually a valuable mentor like like in this configuration it's subtraction by addition having luchasaurus in the mix Mm -hmm. um i i just think that this would work a lot better if christian was jungle boy's tag team partner Oh, and speaking of seconds who are legendary, uh, that punch by Arn Anderson. I love me, Arn Anderson. Don't get me wrong. I, he's been worst. clearly no. He's been studying some Muda tape. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah, that's Muda. That's that. That's clearly. If you ever watched Muda in 1988, did you really just ask me that question? Yeah, you know they come off the ropes and he does that. He does that. Yeah, you, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> The, the dead eye look I just gave you. I just, have I ever watched Muda in 1980? I, 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 whenever I stumbled onto these really, really like stupidly obvious question conventions six to eight months ago, it was a really important day in my life. Yeah, I I, I understand that. Uh, it is your turn, sir. Um, Jade Card Crash. Uh, she's quite. <laughs> <laughs> She's still quite bad, and like they, they have to carry her ass to good matches. Uh, I, I can't do it with her. She's not any good. Is that it? Is That's that not. Do say? you have anything to say about Jade Car Crash? I, you know, I, I, I didn't think the Julia Hart match was that good. No. You know? And Julia Hart was doing it. the only things that were good in the match were done by Julia Hart. Yes. Like, like, like Jade once again doesn't know. Well, I. Time back- stands still on the power bomb into the victory roll spot it's, for Jade Cargo. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's uh, even the backbreaker is delivered at like eighty percent speed, um, and that's her best looking move. Is the tilt the world backbreaker? That's yeah. the best thing she's got. Um, and the kick, the pump kick, once again, no extension, no verticality. Do not know why she does it. It makes her look like an injured gazelle. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back to Dynamite for the ladder match. 
Now I enjoyed this match for what it was. And I understand that this match probably not for me. I have a problem with ladder matches these days because instead of being a wrestling match involving a ladder, it becomes uh, it becomes a stunt show from a theme park and seeing what you can get away with by jumping off of high places and doing powerful looking moves off of those ladders. Now, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer gave this five stars. Which to me, which is 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 indicative of a perfect match. I am nowhere near that, Chris. I am at about three. And uh, a you half. you see you see my face like I just heard that for the first time. Like I'm like what? Let me this get is, the let me get this is an non, overly long match to begin with. Let me get the the non uh, wrestling point out of out of the way here. What was the point of the title change in the first place? other than maybe a de facto advertisement for go big show going to TBS and for dynamite going to TBS, but it did Sammy no favors. And I'm not sure giving the belt back to Sammy does him any favors. I I mean, I watched this little sign guy promo at the back end of it. And I, I mean, I even thought it was kind of weird and goofy and sort of an afterthought to have him do a sign guy promo on the back end of this. Um, I didn't hate the match. No, neither did but, I. But the problem continues to be that Cody's character sucks and that, like, he is neither face nor heel, neither fish nor foul, and it makes it hard for everyone who's working off of him. Here are some of my rinky dink issues with this match that I just, I, I, I just, I, I tuned out for, but, a but bit. I got, I got to go real. I'm sorry. I, 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 this is go to go back to the five-star thing. Yes. The fact that Cody's character is so shithouse right now, it immediately sort of disqualifies any match Cody would have in being a five-star match because his characters, no, because his character's not any good. And to have a five-star match, you need to have good character a versus good character B. That's, but, I, I agree with you in principle, but to Dave, what matters now is big high spots. And it's always, and it's been that way for about four years, in my opinion, when he, he gave this PWG six man match, it was like Ricochet, Evan Bourne, or, or Matt Seidel. And, was that uh, the infamous six-star match? Uh, no, he gave six stars to Omega and Ibushi, I think. I think that was the six-star match. The five, I think this was still five, but don't quote me on it. It might be the infamous six-star. But it was the Young Bucks and Adam Cole versus Ricochet, Seidel, and another high, fl- uh, another high flyer. And it was... It was a lot of fun there live. Don't get me wrong. It was great. I was there live. And it was it was it was a very, very fun match. And Dave was having the time of his life and watching all these high spots and all this. But as a match, it didn't tell a, a story per se. It was just stunt, 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 stunt. It's it, to me a five star match has to be a culmination. It has to it, have it, a build, it has to it, have a crescendo. Yeah. And it yeah. It, it's what made Okada Omega fun. It's what made like Okada Tanahashi fun. Like every one of these, ha- it, it felt climactic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like the, to you, when you bring up, what was the point of this title change? And then I go, Cody's characters, like this sort of like incomplete, incoherent gobbledygook. How could you possibly starting with that template? 
like those two questions if we're going to have sort of an incoherent title change and one of the two participants is going to be the uh, sort of i guess heel but not even really want to be a full-on heel so he's not going to really make the baby face a baby face how do you possibly get five-star match from there I'm sorry, I, I but like I just wanted to stop back on that because it really no, when, you're fine. once you said five star match, it's made my head spin. My favorite thing in this match was a little thing, which was Cody using the ladder to hurt Sammy. The the front suplex through the ladder, the figure four around the rungs, those little things, those are the things I want to see in a ladder match. Those are the things that that those are the little things where you're trying to incapacitate your opponent enough for you to climb a ladder which God bless uh, the referee in that match for holding ladders that were rickety for both of them and saving their lives probably more than once, but enough to climb that ladder and get it. We had a superplex off this ladder. We the, the cutter spot. Don't get me wrong. The cutter spot was awesome. Why wasn't Cody knocked the F out after that super cutter? There was no selling in this match, Chris, no. and it drove me nuts other than, other than Sammy grabbing his ribs in in a couple of those spots early down, down in the audience and stuff, when he did the uh, jump off, I think when he did a, actually a cutter off the, uh, off, off the barricade, it, it was like these, I understand that. Oh, athletes now are better than athletes. Then it's not the point. You're telling the story of wearing a guy down enough to be able to climb the climb a ladder and get these titles. And these guys were never worn down for the most part. I, that that suplex alone should have been, you know, just. But it, I think they were hurting for time, and were rushing a little bit. And so what happens then is is okay. We gotta get to the next spot. We gotta get to the next spot. And so you forget you're in an actual wrestling match telling a story where damage is being done. So we get super cutter off the ladder, which looks just awesome. And then next thing we know, we're fighting 20 seconds later. It, it was ridiculous, Chris. Yeah, no, I I just didn't tell a very good story to me. I, I guess the right guy won, but I, I just, this is a three and a half star oh, match to me. Speaking of the right guy won, I have no problem with, oh, this is no DQ. So, you know, you can, <laughs> the, the rules there are, are spotty. To begin yeah, with, sure, sure. What is the purpose of Fuego del Sol coming down here and doing the whole? Oh, you guys are supposed to be friends, blah 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 blah. And and then Cody Tiger drives him as he should have. Well, and, uh, is that what that was? I was so confused by Fuego showing up that yes. like, yeah, I was, I didn't understand. He went that. down there at first, and this was after the superplex off the ladder, and and he kind of like shoved Cody a little and asking him what he's doing. Because because I think they were supposed to be at least have a mutual respect thing going here, but he had no place here. And why doesn't Cody have Arn or Brock or somebody out there second hand to get rid of this knucklehead? This is an, another again, if you're going to have a five star match, you don't have a random ass spot like this that makes absolutely no sense, yes. adds nothing. And it, it's just it, like these are the sorts of things that get your grade scored down. Fuego's on his blog. blog. I don't care. It has yeah. nothing to do with this. No, match. it has absolutely nothing to do. And, and that's the type of crap that someone who's just watching Dynamite does not understand. Like, the, I'm a real good litmus test for this since I don't watch any of the ancillary stuff. So when I watched that, I was just like, why is that happening? Why is this guy? I know that, like, he's associated with Sammy, but, like, what would possibly be his reason for doing this? Um... 
I guess uh, are we good on Cody? Because I, I got one more. Uh, I'm, I'm good on Cody. Yeah, go. All ahead. right. So uh, legit, Layla Hirsch in Red Velvet made me regret ever saying um, that Red Velvet should have been made champion after that Britt Baker match. Um, <laughs> even though I still maintain that this Britt Baker storyline, and actually, uh, I'll, I'll kind of pair these together. That Britt Baker promo was ass. It was um, ass. It, it, it was, was ass, 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 was ass. Just- ass. Oh my it, it god, was, it was it so was, bad. Was She's a, like, see if Punk keeps talking about me now. <laughs> like for like five minutes. We get it. Pittsburgh and Cleveland don't yeah. like each other. And- no, and, and, but like if you were going to come out there and go like, I'm going to do a promo that's on the par of CM Punk and then follow it up with cheap sports heat for five minutes. You know what like, this was? It was pathetic. really, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was an attempt at a rock promo. Or a Jericho promo where you know she's been working on these lines. Like, was it the Britopia line and things like that? And she had to get through them and she wasn't feeling the energy of the audience at all. There, there was a there was a lot of Jericho. There was a lot of Jerichoisms in here where he needs to get catchphrases over, like yeah, GFY. It was, there was a lot yeah. of get, trying to get my jokes in here. It was open mic night as brandy would say but no but that jacket was so try hard like the, this... the jacket's been there though and that's a pittsburgh penguins jacket. yeah yeah no i i get that but like the jacket and then like to do the whole theme and then like i all of it the the entire ensemble and the promo reeked of like a weird heel desperation that she needs to get heel heat and she it was really... a miss promo is what it was yeah yeah it, it, it was just it was very very weak um but back to layla and red Yes. Oh God. It was, it was quite bad. Um, like, uh, they red, I, I feel like has regressed. I like, cause like she's, there's been some shakiness, but this was one of the most shaky outings I've seen her have. Can, can I get in here? Yeah. I, there, I oh. did have some points on, on this one and, it, and I just decided I was going to drop them because Cody was more important, but here we go. Red velvet comes storming down. She doesn't do the shaking, the, you know, from from straight from your mama's kitchen, you know, stirring it up and, you know, doing the, the dance move. She's coming down for a fight. She comes down. She does the the double leg, which didn't look terribly good. And she's beating on Layla Hirsch. And then we start doing choreography. And you're just like, no, go back to the punching. Go back to this. Make this a fight because they're mad at her. They're supposed to be angry at her. They're supposed to be, but then it became it became choreography and choreography and choreography because that is how they, they and shaky choreography. Yeah, I mean there were a couple of okay things here, but there was that one spot when 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 Velvet's on the apron, and it's like for she does she does like a, a dance move to the other side of Layla Hirsch just to get a knee when a knee would have sufficed, and you're just like, what is she doing? Here was the thing that actually drove me crazy after that. They go to picture in picture, and that's where all the heat is during this match. That's where Layla starts tearing off the kinesiology tape on the on the shoulder that's hurt and starts working it over and working it over and working it over. And so we get back to TV, and nobody on commentary mentions this. That she was working over the shoulder the entire you had three people watching this entire time. And trust me, JR, this this week was checked out JR making boy, snide remarks. Boy, oh. I, I mean the the he was talking about the invisible wall. 
Yeah, oh, you, yeah. You, you catch the magical, that one? The magical, magical door? Didn't he yeah. call it that, too? Yeah, yeah. Place? No, and then, oh, who booked that? That was, or that was good booking. Came out yes. of his mouth a number of oh, different times. He is, he is just, he is just cashing his check and coming in sometimes. And this was one of those weeks where he did. But you, you, Excalibur's usually good about that stuff. Tony's usually good about that stuff. And nobody mentioned it. Nobody mentioned the ripping of the tape. Nobody mentioned that she was working over the shoulder during the commercial break at all. And so when you get to this thing where it's like she, she's doing the rolling arm bar spot, which was, they did as power. She, she got the knee and then, and then Red Velvet kicked out at two just to get another moving and you're like no that's the finish right there that hard ass knee into her face and it was just and then afterwards you know she slaps on the arm bar again until Statlander comes down and chases her and you're just like and then JR did that down. why do they stop yep. the ma- yeah the, you know, the, the invisible wall I've always oh, been talking about the invisible wall comment, oh, yeah, invisible right. wall comment. yeah. yeah. no um, I, that made Statlander look like a goof. Like this is again why, like why is Jr. Why, why is Jr. doing this stuff bad? It's stuff like that. Like it makes Statlander look bad. I, I and I'm still scratching my head about how credible is the Layla Hirsch Chris Statlander feud going to be with Layla Hirsch as a heel? Um, interesting counterintuitive booking there to say the least. Yeah, we'll see if I mean, if, if 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 that's the match. Layla Hirsch needs to come in here and hook somebody. And by hook, I mean hook Taz's son. She needs to rip off like Julia Hart's arm in like 20 seconds. And that's it. You know, that kind of thing. Because this this ain't going to do it. And it's not going to make it believe it, it. It was the same problem with her and uh, uh, Camille over in NWA. Because that size difference is noticeable. And if you're going to make me believe that, and this is the, this was why WWE gave up on Taz because Taz came out there as a killer first week crushes, crushes Kurt angle at the rumble. And then on raw, either that week or the next week is Jerry Lawler is just making short jokes about him. What are you doing? (laughs) You know, and then then they basically gave up hope on him as opposed to just making him kill people every week and not go 50 50. You have to have Layla Hirsch kill some people on this show. And there are plenty. uh, Look, Sky Blue put her out there and have Layla Hirsch murder death her. I am fine with that to get her over as this heel and put her in Team Taz and make her serious. Oh, that's the other thing. What was the point of that Team Taz beach promo where they're quote unquote training? All the all it does is Tony goes, Tony is is it's like we go to their training and it's Ricky Starks dressed up in a in a ski bunny outfit, and 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 Hook wearing a fur coat and saying we're assassins. Dante, just remember that. He didn't do any training. There's no polar bear stuff here. There's no jumping in the lake or anything like that. It was just Tony saying the microphone stuck to my hand, and there was absolutely no point to that whatsoever. It was. A bizarre promo. It, it, it was just pointless, is what it was. I have nothing else for the river. No, I, I, I think I, uh, I think I need to close this river. I, I'm good. Yeah, we need to go. We need to go like relax a little bit. Yeah. You know, enjoy, enjoy your weekend, kids. Enjoy the rumble for what it is, because it's always fun in some ways, even if it doesn't make sense a lot of times. See the. <laughs> I was re-listening to our. I think it was our 2015 show. Which, which we, we, we took callers, and that's the one where, where we got the drop of, uh, I'd rather get a DUI than watch this thing. That was the one where they 
where the Wyatt family dumped out Daniel Bryan when he was the hottest baby face in the company and Roman Reigns won. That's always fun. Go look that one up and listen to it. And if, if, if this rumbles worse, <laughs> go listen to that. Go listen to the callers on that one, how angry they were. But uh, this has been Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. You can follow me on Twitter at Crap Game 13. You can listen to me over at the Dynamite Show on Fight Game every Wednesday night. We tape right afterwards and drop over there. I will not be on Fightful doing the post-Rumble show as I plugged last week because I will be on a plane to Kansas City to watch my Bengals hopefully beat the Kansas City Chiefs. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling Network. We'd like to thank our sponsor, HelloFresh. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Get 16 free meals and three free gifts. Chris is over at DWATG. He has some side projects of his own that I'm going to allow him to plug in his own words. Yes, I will use my words now to plug those things. So don't worry about the government is my other show. Uh, We actually just taped earlier today. This is a double podcast day. Uh, I'll be posting up those videos at patreon.com slash DWATG over the weekend here. And then the actual edited together like two hour show will be available at some point during the week here uh if you subscribe to itunes stitcher or spotify uh so be on the lookout for that but you know go and support the show it's all the bucket shows all i ask so if you want to see the videos bucket show to get in on that um but uh then my other band my band is called withered blooms uh i'm posting videos and stuff on youtube if you go and sub up to my youtube channel christo vimbrino on youtube you can see the withered blooms um, and we play around Dallas sometimes too, but not right now. Uh, soon enough. Um, <laughs> anyways, at DWATG is the Twitter account. That's it for us. See you next week. <laughs>